our church, we have a mission and we have a vision. Uh, and then on, on the bottom of that, we have a motto every year. And the motto changes. And this year, the motto is uh, Vision 2020, to see God clearer. And that's our goal this year. Our goal, no matter where you're at, no matter um, how long you've been coming to church or it doesn't matter how old you are, that throughout this year, our goal is to help you see God clearer. If God is who he says he is, then, then we really should be making the effort to get to know God better. If we really believe that God is the great creator and we are his creation, then for us to have proper perspective and context in our own lives, we need to see God clearer. And last week we, we talked about um, how big the real God was, bigger than who we allow him to be. And when we understand that God is big, then our worries and our anxieties, our problems and our addiction, will they all get put into place because we know that nothing, nothing is impossible with our big God. And tonight, we're going to talk about another key characteristics of God, and that is the goodness of God. Um, <laughs> preachers used to use this a lot. I guess they still use it. Someone would say, God is good. And the audience or the congregation would say, all the time. And then the preacher would say, all the time, God is good. right? And, and people used to do that. And And... And I remember I was in high school and, and one of the preachers said that, God is good. And someone said, all the time. And I heard a voice going, all the time? Is God good all the time? Like, what about like all the crap in the world? Surely God is not good during those times. And I wonder how much we really believe that statement, God is good all the time. Now, let's start. let's start with the starting point, which is just your view of God, where you and how you see God. Whether you've been coming to church for 20 years or whether this is the second time, you've all got a view of God. And I want to I wanna, I wanna measure that up with this idea. How good do you think God really is? How good do you think He is? And one of the hardest things about defining how good God is or trying to work out if he is, is good is defining the word good. What does good mean? Well, I looked it up and there's a few definitions. Definition of good, healthy, not bad. That's a pretty good one. Um, someone who is nice, someone who is charitable, someone who shares. That's what they would define as good. The problem with all of these definitions, I believe, is that these all give us parts of what is good. But I think it's actually very difficult in our human nature to actually define good overall. You know, for some people, being good is how you feel. You know, how are you feeling today? You know, someone would have, you know, during fellowship time say, how are you? I'm good. Now, what does that even mean? You know, what does that even mean, I'm good? You know, are you good? Are you healthy? Is that what you're saying? Are you good because you've got lots of money? Are you good because you, you're not fighting with your spouse? Are you good because you got some good sleep last night? What, what is it that, mean, that, that it means that you're good? See, it's hard for us 
Because for some people, good is about happiness and contentment. It's about I'm good with someone. You know, my relationship with them is good. It's nothing bad. It's healthy. But, but all of these definitions, they're, they're all situation-based. They're all situation-based. And what we realize is under these, these definitions of good or goodness is that when the situation changes, the good or the goodness can come and go. And here's the question. If something is temporarily good, if something is good only for a certain period of time, or if the goodness can come and go, is that really good? Is that really good? For example, can I really say that I'm a vegetarian? And anyone that knows me will say no. Right? Jesus is going to come back before that happens. I had a salad today for lunch. Thank, thank you. Thank you. New, new year, new me. I'm all, I'm all over that. Now, I walk in and go, hey, guys, I had a salad for lunch. No ounce of meat. I'm a vegetarian. Good job, Steve. And then tomorrow, I have another salad. Good job, Steve. The next day, I have a salad sandwich. Good job. Next day, I have a, a, a vegetarian curry. Good job. I'm still a vegetarian. And then on Saturday, I go to McDonald's, and I just have a large, big Grand Mac. Not even the Big Mac. The Grand Mac burger. Double patty. Anyone try to double patty Grand Mac burger? There's four patties. That's a pound of meat. Ooh, that's exciting. Can I come back next Sunday and go, hey, I'm a vegetarian. I'm truly a vegetarian. I had six vegetarian meals this week. No, I can't. Because I can't be true to that word because I wasn't a vegetarian the whole week. And in the same way, can one be good if they're not good all the time? And the answer is no. In today's passage, we're going to read of an interaction between Jesus and a, and a ruler, a teacher of the law. And it reads from Luke 18, 18 to 20. It's on the screen. A certain ruler asked him, being Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good. Except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. What's amazing in these three verses, in this small interaction, is we actually receive the definition of good. And the definition of good is God. There is no one. That is good, except God alone. Only God is good. Why is that? Because God's goodness is permanent. God's goodness isn't just something that he does. He doesn't just do good things. But actually his goodness is a part of his character. It's part of his nature. Just like it's natural for cows to eat grass and moo, just like an apple tree naturally produces apples, 
Just like the Sydney Roosters pay the referees every year, every year. And just like Manly, and I went, I'll, I'll stop there. Oh, we don't use those words in God's house. It's natural for God to be good because God is good. God is the definition of good. There are four areas that I want to show you today through Scripture, the goodness of God. Firstly, is God is good in his creation. In six days of creation, God created everything from scratch. And at the end of it all, in Genesis 1.31, God says, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Everything he made, it was good. And then he makes humans in his own image and, it's, and he says, it was very good. 1 Timothy 4.4, for everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thankfulness. God's goodness is shown in the Old Testament, in the law that was given to the people of Israel. We see this in Romans 7.12. So then the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. God's instructions were good. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Scripture tells us that everything good on earth exists from God. Everything good because it is an expression of God's nature. It is an expression of God's being. Secondly, God is good because he is free from evil. John 1, 5, 1 John 5, sorry, says, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. In him there is no darkness at all. To say God is good means that God always acts in accordance to what is right, true, and good. The fact that God is good means that there is no evil in him, in his intention, nor his motivation. Now, people go, well, if God is so good, why is there so much evil in this world? And I agree with that statement. There is so much evil in this world. But God did not create evil. Actually, evil is the absence of goodness. It's like darkness. Do you know no one actually created darkness? Right? No smart scientist sat there and went, well, I'm going to create darkness. What's darkness? How do, you, how do you even have darkness? It's actually, darkness only exists where there is an absence of light. Darkness only exists where there is an absence of light. And it's the same with evil and goodness. Evil only exists in the absence of goodness. And when we read through scripture, evil existed in the absence of God. Now, another thing that we need to understand about light and darkness is that they cannot coexist. Think about it logically. You can't have light and darkness in the same spatial area. Now, some people are like, well, you know, you can have shadows and, you know, they can whatever. And I know someone like Albert, oh, he's thinking, I know, you would have been a terror in primary school. You can't actually, if you have a dark room and you bring about light, then the, the dark room is no longer dark. They cannot coexist. 
But in the same way, God cannot coexist in the dark spaces or with evil because of his goodness. Evil is the absence of goodness. And if God is good, then evil only exists where God does not. Thirdly, God is good in his saving plan. Because God is so good. Right, we talk about evil, right? Why did evil exist? It existed because man decided to walk away from God. Man decided that they didn't need God, that they could live in the absence of God, and therefore evil turned up. But because God is so good that, that, that he, can stand, he cannot stand evil, and because they cannot exist in the same space, God cannot stand in the same space as evil. God cannot stand in the same space as sin. Sin is anything that misses the perfect standard of God. Now, uh, I know I've been sort of saying this for a while, but uh, too many times we, we define sin uh, too narrow. We think sin of like murder. We, we think of sin as, as adultery. We think of sin as, as stealing and lying. And we think of all these big, amazing things that are considered sin. But actually, sin is anything that misses the mark of God. Anything that is not uh, of the perfect standard that God is. Now, was this a part of God's creation? Uh, it wasn't God's choice to introduce evil. It was man's choice to turn their back on God. But he's... The crazy part is, even when man turns away from God, it was God's goodness, it was God's goodness that will continue to reach out to man and, be, and create a plan to redeem mankind. As it says in 2 Peter 3 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach Repentance. That's the good heart of God. His heart is that, that, that he would want everyone to find him again. And he does this by sending his son Jesus as an act of goodness, as an act of love, even to those who rejected him to become the perfect and blameless sacrifice so we could be forgiven of our imperfect standards that we all have. Right, that's God's great plan, and it's like, wow, God, like you, you are so good that even even these punks that hate you, even these punks that rejected you, you would go after them, and you would send your son Jesus to die for them. But it's not just that His plans are good, but it's God's goodness that leads men to repentance. Romans 2.4, or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? God, does, God didn't just draw up some kind of plan, some good plan and go, yeah, that's a great plan. Here, go try to work it out. No, he didn't just leave us to work it out. He actually sets the path, and he helps mankind to find that path. God's goodness is shown in his grace and mercy, in, in his willingness to forgive us and his willingness to want to be with us. Psalm 86, 5, for you, Lord, are good 
and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. If that isn't goodness, man, it's hard to know what is. Ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. God is good in his plan to save us. And finally, God is good to his children. Matthew 7, 7 to 11. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? A good father loves his children. Now, I'm not going to speak too much about this because I've already let everyone know how good I am as a father. (laughs) Four times. My son's here. He's uh, old enough now to sit in the uh, main congregation, so I can't talk about him. Killed half my sermon illustrations. Now I have to talk about your brother and sister. You know, I, 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 I think I'm okay as a dad. What do you reckon, Chris? Zero to ten. Was that ten fingers? Fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> ten. Okay. He said it himself. Um, you know, I, I, I would say for most dads, and you know, most dads, you know, we do our best to give our children you know, what, what, what we think is best for them, right? Now, sometimes that can differ in terms of what do you think best is and whatnot, and, and I know not every, every dad's like that, so I'm not going to generalize, but you'd say most, right? Like no one, no one had kids, no one had kids with the intention, yes, I've now bore a slave, you know, now I don't have to do the dishes because I have this child and he will do the dishes for me. Now I will send this child to medical school and they will become a doctor and then I can retire. Oh, wait a minute, we're Asians here. (laughs) Maybe a bit too close to the truth. But, you know, I'd say most dads, we try our best, work hard, sacrifice. But we're not perfect. And and I'm mucking around. Like, that's what it's showing. We're not perfect. How much more so our perfect God? You know, we, we can talk about him. We can talk about his view upon us and what he's done for us. But the promise that God makes is, in itself is an amazing promise. Ask and you will receive. That's a good father speaking to his children. Now, whether you believe those verses or not, that's up to you. Whether you believe that when God says, hey, if you seek, you'll find. If you knock and the door will be open. Whether you believe that, that's up to you. But that's the truth about who our God is. So, if we see God clearly as a good God, if we see God clearly, if we, if we read these biblical truths about the goodness of God and we recognize that God is good, actually God is the only good thing then when we start to see clearly, and and I've been saying this, when you start to see God clearly, your life will start to change. So there are three things that will happen when you start to see God 
uh, clearly as a good God. The first one is this, only God is good. When you start to see God clearly as a good God, you start to acknowledge this statement. This means that apart from God, no one else is good. Now, many people don't like this point. Many people in this world do not like this idea that only God is good. Because they want to believe that there is a genuine goodness inside of people. That people left on their own can make good and, and, and wise decisions. And that, that people and humanity have the potential to all be good and do good things. But the reality is that's temporary at best. Like, I think that humans can do good things. You know, the way that our country has rallied around the bushfires and the way that we, we help each other on the street. You know, like, simple things like, um, you know, you're, you're walking across the street and a lady drops a bag of oranges. Most of us, I hope, would stop and help, you know, Grab those oranges, even if you're in the car. Most of the time, if you're in the car, it's because you just need to go. And if you don't clear the oranges, then you can't go. But still, you'd help. You know, I, I think there is an amazing Aussie spirit of just mateship and, and helping. But the problem is, just because you do one good thing doesn't make you good. Because you're not good all the time. And even if it's just one day, even if you were good for 99 years of your life and for one day you were not good, then really, would you, can, you be, can you be said to be good? And you can't. And that's what sin is. See, for some of us, right, we can admit very quickly we are not good. We are not good. We do not do good things. Some of us that are honest with ourselves, including myself, very quickly can say, nowhere near goodness because of who we are and what we've done. But for some of us, it doesn't come that easy because innately, innately for some of you, you still think that because you are better than other people or you are better than a certain standard that the world presents, that you are good Make sure that you're on the right scale. We're not comparing each, ourselves with each other. We're comparing ourselves to the creator God. And on that scale, we use this so many times, it's like jumping to the moon. It doesn't matter how far you can get off the ground. From the moon's perspective, you're nowhere near. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's not that God is not fair. It's because God is fair that those who sin should not be in his presence. It's the goodness of God that sent Jesus to us to forgive us of our sin and that whoever believes in him, puts their faith in him, are saved. See, Romans, it's the very next verse, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but those are justified freely by grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Are justified freely by his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We, the clearer we see the goodness of God, it should put us in a place and realize that, firstly, we are not good. 
the clearer we see the goodness of God, it should first and foremost show us that we are far from His standard. And some of you, you still think that you're good. And because you think that you're good, you feel like you don't need a saviour. If you don't feel like you're in trouble, if you don't feel like you need to be saved, then you're not going to be looking out for a saviour. That's what I said about prayer and fasting week. If you feel like you've got this year set, if you feel like you've got tomorrow under control, you will not pray. Why do you need to pray? But the clearer you see God, the clearer it should become in our hearts that God's standard and our standard is completely different. You may be better than others, but that doesn't make you good. Only God is good. The second thing that happens as we see God clearer as a good God is that we're drawn to his goodness. Just like insects are drawn to that blue light. Just like I'm drawn to the golden arches. I don't know what it is. I just see it. And I'm just like, how do I get there? Mm. I wrote an example. I'm drawn to this one claw machine in Gordon Center. It's ridiculous. I can't walk past it without looking. Like I legit have this addiction and it's just this one machine. And I did, I, I won something this week, but still. When we, when we see God's goodness clearer and clearer, we are drawn to it because it's that good. Psalm 107 verse 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. We should want more and more of his goodness in our lives. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. We should want to taste his goodness every day because it tastes so good. I did a whole sermon about Hurricane's ribs, still waiting for sponsorship. When you taste something good, you just want more of it. Psalm 119, 68, you are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Because of his goodness, we want more of him. Teach us, Lord. Help us to sit underneath you and learn from you daily. And finally, Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Because of his goodness, we need to trust him with our lives because we know he is good. If we see God and we see his goodness clearer and clearer, clearer, we're drawn to him more. And finally, uh, this wasn't actually in my sermon until like this morning. But when we see God's goodness clearer, we realize that his goodness doesn't depend on our situation. Too many times, too many times, we will not disagree that God is good and we will not disagree that the goodness of God is real. But too many times we, we put that right next to our current situation. And too many times we think when life is good, God is good. And life is bad, God is bad. But we go back to that first one, only God is good. What we need to recognize is that just because our situation changes, it doesn't mean that God changes. 
And it doesn't mean that the goodness of God changes. Unlike us, we're like that, right? When we're in a good place, you know, when, when we're, we're, we're happy, when, when life is going great, how nice are we to everyone, right? We're so nice. It's so good being around those kind of people, right? Someone wins lotto, you want to hang out with them. They're just happy, you know? They just got a new job, you want to hang out with them, you know? They, they just started dating, right? They don't want to hang out with you, but you want to hang out with them, right? They're just in a good place. And that's, and that's who we are as humans. We're so conditional in our situation because as soon as it goes to the crapper, it's not good. You don't want to hang out. You don't want to hang out with someone that just lost their job. You don't want to hang out with someone who, who just gambled all their money away because they're not going to be nice. I see this... Uh, ironically, in my own fathering of my children. My wife tells me this all the time. Uh, I'm not a morning person, right? So when I wake up in the morning, um, only half of me is awake. And, and sadly, it's not the good half, right? And so uh, in the morning, sometimes uh, I can be very, um, how do I put it? Foul. <laughs> it's just, I can be quite foul in the morning, I don't really want to talk to people, I don't, you know, and sadly, the only five people in my house are my wife and my kids. And, and so my wife, in her wisdom and in her generosity and in her grace, um, certain mornings, she, uh, she I, I think she does this for self-preservation, really, but she just lets me sleep. And you hear, and I, I'm, I, you know, like, you know when you're sleeping, but you're kind of awake and you can hear things? Like, I, I, I suddenly hear, like, like little um, footsteps running towards my door, and I hear this, don't go in there. Dad's still sleeping. And then you hear the, oh, okay. And then, you know, they walk out, right? That's my conditional goodness, right? You catch me after a meal, whew, life's great, right? You catch me after a good meal, life's even better. But our God is not like that. And I really want to share this point with you. Because I reckon for some of you, you're the way you see God. The way you see him, right? And, and we're talking about seeing God clearer. The way you see him is based on your situation rather than the character and the identity of who God is, right? And it's not, a, it's not God's problem because it's not that God is changing. It's your lenses that are changing. It's your perspective that's changing. Life's crap. And so you see God through crap, you know, lenses, and you're like, everything's crap, including God is crap. No, God's not like that. God doesn't change because your situation changes. But that's also should be one of the most encouraging things. And this is where I want to land the plane. Just because your life is not going according to what you want it to, to be does not mean that God has withdrawn his goodness from you. It doesn't mean that the goodness of God has changed. God is still there. God is still good. And God is still working. Now, how he's working and what he's doing might be different to maybe what your expectations are. But it doesn't mean that God's goodness is changed or dried up. It can't because it's just who he is. No one is good but God. But it's God's goodness that saved us from our sin, delivered us from evil, and gives us an eternal future with him.
Did you and I deserve that? No. Did we earn his favor and goodness? Never. Even if you live for a million years of trying to do good things, you will never earn the favor of God. You will never earn the, the, get to the standard, not even close. It was a free gift from our good Father who loves us. Friends, I, I, I pray that you will see God clearer tonight and that you will see him as a good God. Psalm says, you are good and what you do is good. That is our God. Amen. Let's pray.